This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan has relaxed isolation rules for people living with someone who tests positive for COVID-19. Health Minister Chen Shizong says starting Tuesday, these people will not need to isolate at home if they have three doses of a COVID vaccine and have tested negative on a rapid test within two days. They will still have to monitor their health for seven days. During this period, they are not allowed to go to crowded areas or eat out at restaurants. People who have not gotten a third vaccine shot will still need to follow the three plus four rule if a co-inhabitant tests positive. That means three days of isolation followed by four days of self-health monitoring. Police in the U.S. say the Asian-American gunman who killed one person and injured five others in a shooting spree in Southern California felt hatred towards Taiwanese people. The 68-year-old, who is now in police custody, carried out his attack inside a church after chaining the doors shut and putting superglue in the keyholes. Bing Wang reports. Once a church for community, now a crime scene. This after a person opened fire on this California church, where most of the congregation are elderly Taiwanese. The shooter wounded five. Dr. Zhang Cheng was the only one who died. He tackled the shooter and was shot. Police say without his actions, more people would have been hurt. The suspect in custody is a resident of Las Vegas. Authorities say he drove almost 300 miles to reach the church. After the attack, police found notes written in Mandarin that indicated the suspect was motivated by politics. I believe uh, his hatred of Taiwan manifested when he was residing there uh, in previous years, uh, possibly in his youth. Uh, he was not well received uh, while living there, according to what we believe uh, we've collected so far. And that's manifested into this hatred. And it's combined with the political environment of his hatred of the Taiwanese people between the China and Taiwan tensions that are currently occurring. Initial reports indicate that the suspect's parents immigrated from China to Taiwan around 1949, along with two million others, after the Kuomintang or the KNT lost the Chinese Civil War. He later moved to the U.S. and became an American citizen. Officials say the parishioners had already subdued the suspect before they arrived. We believe a group of churchgoers detained him and hogtied his legs with an extension cord and confiscated at least two weapons from him. The shooting sent shockwaves in what is largely known as a safe community. Yes, there's a lot of Taiwanese uh, Asian people around in Irvine and Laguna Hill. Okay, and uh, but usually, you know, especially this church has been there for a while. Okay, and we have a never, never heard hear anything happen like this. In Taiwan, President Tsai Ing-wen offered her condolences in a tweet saying, I want to convey my sincere condolences on the death of Dr. John Chang and my hopes for a prompt recovery for those injured in the shooting at the Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church in California. Violence is never the answer. For many immigrants, the church is a space for community, to connect with other immigrants struggling with the same experiences. While the shooting may have damaged their sense of safety, the community says they will come out stronger. 
Piper Yu and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. To learn more about the Taiwanese church shooting in the United States, Taiwan Plus reporter Bing Wang spoke to Tim Dung, a Taiwanese-American activist. They began by talking about what the church meant for the local community. The Laguna Wells uh, community is actually one of the very expensive communities in Orange County. And the Taiwanese community that attends this church often are extremely wealthy. Like Dr. John Cheng comes from a family of doctors uh, I think his father was a doctor from Kaohsiung. And so they're wealthy, and they actually are very pan-green, pro-Taiwan, and have given very generously to support Taiwan's democracy and independence. Can you give a little bit of context on how Taiwanese Americans use the church as a safe haven for community? One of the first immigrant gathering organizations was an organization called the Taiwanese Association of America, and the Taiwanese Association of America was a part of the was a social gathering place specifically to nurture the Taiwanese community. So that this umbrella organization had over 60 chapters in every major city in the United States where people would come together for karaoke. They would come play softball. They would also um, just get network and support each other. And the Taiwanese Christian organizations would also participate in the Taiwanese associations, and they would actually organize themselves for political reasons to push for self-determination and human rights in Taiwan. And so a lot of fundraising happened through the Taiwanese associations. Now, as we know, the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church was always very active in Taiwan's democratic process. So the Taiwanese Christian churches also were organizing their communities and provided immigrant support within their church groups. Taiwan is becoming more accepting of its LGBTQ citizens. That's according to a report released by leading LGBTQ rights organization, Taiwan Equality Campaign, to mark International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and Biphobia. A poll of 1,000 people in Taiwan found support for LGBT rights, such as same-sex couples adopting children, had increased. A clear majority also said they could accept their child coming out as gay. 59% of respondents this year compared to just 49% in 2020. Our reporter Rick Lauert spoke to Joyce Dung, Deputy Executive Director of the Taiwan Equality Campaign and a contributor to the report. He began by asking her what's behind the growing acceptance of sexual minorities in Taiwan. Taiwan is home to a unique mix of cuisines, influenced by its indigenous, Chinese and Japanese heritage. But how many people around the world have actually tried it? In a new Taiwan Plus original series called Jason's Table, Shocked and Surprised, international chef Jason Wang introduces us to some Taiwanese specialties. And the results are shocking. Our reporter Jaime Ocon sat down with the show's host and started by asking him about when his love of culinary arts first started. Well, when I was growing up, I've always loved food and all day long I was just thinking about what can I have for lunch, what can I have for dinner. Um, I am trained as a musician and as an educator for middle school and high school, but I went on a 
little show called Master Chef a couple years ago in the US and it's for amateur home cooks, but that really launched my career in the food world and really getting to showcase something that I've always had a passion about. So it's been a really fun journey. So, so talking about MasterChef, this little show, yeah. can you talk about that one dish, the spot prawn tempura? I have had a lot of exposure in Taiwan due to one of the dishes that I made on MasterChef. It was a mystery box challenge and there was a whole ton of different seafood items and there was uh, spot prawns and then gooey duck, xiangbabang, but also uh, iconic clams. So I made a gooey tang, which was very traditional influence from Taiwanese cuisine and Gordon Ramsay absolutely loved it. And I think it just gave a lot of pride to folks in Taiwan, knowing that their traditional cuisine is something that could be put on such a large stage and really receive such high praise from the likes of Gordon Ramsay. Absolutely, and, and Taiwan food kind of in its presence around the world. Can you kind of talk about what really separates Taiwanese food from, from the rest? I think it's been so interesting for me that, you know, Taiwan is not the largest country in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but it's food, uh, excuse me, but it's food influences and food culture has permeated across the globe. Um, bubble tea, uh, beef noodle soup, um, scallion pancakes rolled with things and just a whole host of interesting cultural foods that have made their way throughout uh, into people's homes, into their hearts, and into their taste buds. Uh, Taiwan's a really special place. Russia's President Vladimir Putin has warned Finland and Sweden that if NATO military infrastructure is placed in their territory, Moscow will be forced to respond. Putin made the comments at a meeting of the Collective Security Treaty Organization, or CSTO, a Russian-led alliance of former Soviet nations. The CSTO has six member states and, like NATO, was founded on the principle of collective defense. That means an attack on one nation in the alliance is viewed as an attack on all of them. At the meeting, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko ra railed against NATO's expansion, calling on CSTO members to unite. Пока на Западе, в том числе в Вашингтоне, мы наблюдаем лишь желание максимально продлить конфликт. Для этого Украину и продолжают накачивать оружием. Цели понятны. Максимально ослабить Россию, утопив ее, как они говорят в этой войне, а может сделать так, чтобы полыхнуло пошире. И это мы тоже наблюдаем. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com. Mm -hmm.